Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm here with my daughter Paige Baumer. Hi Paige. Hi. <laughs> And Paige is not just us, right? We have a special guest today. We cannot wait to introduce people to one of our TSG mentors that's here with us in the Meet the Mentors series of podcasts that we're doing. And she's going to be teaching us something that you're not going to want to miss. She's going to be talking to us today about some analysis and how we can improve our, our analysis or things that we should be analyzing. She's also going to be talking to us about our roles and going to a a little bit more depth on roles, maybe something you haven't considered about your role. I'm super excited to hear her thoughts on that. She's been a mentor with us for a long time, but before we meet our mentor today, we've got to make sure that we're all on the same page here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. And we've got to say, what is self-government? What is it, Paige? So self-government by our definition is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Paige, that is such a good definition. It sounds like you have it memorized. I mean, I've said it over 120 times. <laughs> At least on At these least. podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think we need to, I think we need to go into a little bit of detail there. When we're talking about self-government, we're talking about a person becoming truly centered, where mm-hmm. they are saying, okay, what are the voices inside of me? What voice do I want leading out? Do I want it to be that heart voice or do I want it to be the body voice, which has all the passions and all the all of the senses and the cravings and the chemicals and the, you know, or do I want it to be the brain voice, which is kind of the puppet and can be controlled by anybody or anything, but just rationalizes and makes excuses. You know, Mm -hmm. for most people, they want it to be that heart voice. And when you are a self-governing person, what you're doing is saying, I understand the voices. I know what voice I'm going to listen to, what other voices I need to keep in check. Who's the leader inside me. And And that puts you in a place where you become centered as a person, which is really powerful. So that's self-government. So then I guess before we meet our special guest today, we need to remind ourselves what a mentor is. So a mentor is more than a teacher. A mentor is a person who teaches. A mentor is a person who coaches. A mentor is a person who has walked the path before. And so they can tell you what to do. And that's the beautiful thing. You know, you could teach anything. You could read a book and then teach about the book, read a book, teach the book. But have you been there before? A mentor has been there before and they're Mm -hmm. able to tell you things because they've walked the road ahead of you. And it's a powerful thing. Paige, you're a mentor. And what types of things do our mentors do? Oh, goodness. We do lots of things. I feel like I do lots and lots of things. But um, (laughs) one of the things that I do is I am the lead mentor for our group mentoring sessions, which are part of our online TSG parenting course. So when you purchase that course, you get free or four free group mentoring sessions. Um, And that's where you get the opportunity to ask questions. You get to hear other people's questions. You get to set some goals. You get to learn about how to create new habits and good habits um, with the things that you're learning. Um, And another another thing I do is I help mentor people one-on-one. I do one-on-one mentoring sessions. 
Uh, I also do short 20 minute ones. These are called our next steps. So these are often for people who are like, uh, I just bought something. I don't know what I'm doing. I need a little help. And so I help with those. Um, and I also help connect other people uh, to other mentors who help me with those as well. Yeah. You've um, also taught classes in your community, right? I have. I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've helped people at other events for teaching self-government. So a mentor, there's a lot of things you can do. Some people just want to be a mentor because they want to get, you know, the most out of teaching self-government possible. Yeah, there's a lot true. of different reasons people become a mentor, but really the biggest part about a mentor is they understand and they've been there before. And they are an example of what they teach as well. Yeah. Well, they should be. Yeah. Otherwise <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem, right? We practice what we preach. Okay. Yes. We practice what you preach. <laughs> Even if you're not perfect every day, you know, the direction you're headed and the direction everybody oh, else. It's not wants even to if to. it's even though we're not perfect because even though exactly, <laughs> exactly. So Paige today, we get to talk with Natalie. We love Natalie, Natalie Flukiger. She is from Washington state and she has been a TSG mentor for a while. We'll let her tell you how long. And she has a wonderful family. We'll let her tell you about all of those kinds of things. So hi, Natalie. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Hi, Nicolene. Hi, Paige. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, we're happy to have you too. Natalie, just so that people can get to know you, let's, before you tell us all the little nuts and bolts about Natalie and the stuff that you plan to teach us today, which we're so excited about, how about you share with us something fun that your family likes to do? Because here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we have a tradition and we always share another fun idea, something that you can do for family activities or something. And the reason why I do this, people don't even know, but the reason why I do this is because for years, people have said to me, Nicolene, I'm just like, I'm not a fun person. I don't, I don't know. What do I do for fun? You say family activity, you say have fun. That doesn't come naturally for me. So we've been handing out ideas. So what's something fun that you do? I think uh, with it being summer in the United States, I'm thinking a lot about being outside and getting the kids out and getting some exercise. And so I think I'd have to say trampoline time. Ooh, trampoline time. Who does not love that? That's so fun. The children love it. If you don't have a trampoline of your own, find somebody that you can say, can we come over for a night? Or get a jumper. As a family. Yeah. (laughs) Trampoline. So fun. I mean, they really have become one of those, um, for sure, American backyard pastimes, I think, for, for people with children. Such a fun thing. I love that. I'm just imagining you flying in the high, <laughs> high in the sky with your hair yes. flapping in the breeze. And I'm like, whoa, Natalie, don't break your back. After after having six babies, I discovered last year, I was like, oh, that my kids were like, oh, can you can't do flips. And I was like, oh, yes, I can. I, went out <laughs> and I started jumping and my body felt completely different than it used to feel. And I I still managed to make a flip, but I might have pulled a hamstring. <laughs> but you I proved your I point. Need to work on governing my body a little bit better and work on those flips. So there you go. Yeah. You had you had to have some icy hot deep blue or something <laughs> afterward. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, Natalie, we can't wait to get to know you better. Let's start out with some just kind of questions. Yeah. Basics about you. So how about you tell us how long you have been a TSG mentor and why, why would you choose to become a TSG mentor? 
Well, I've been a mentor since mentoring started, which is in 2015. So it's been seven years now. Um, I remember wanting, I love to learn. And so I can pretty much like eat everything Nicolene says. And when the truth comes out of her mouth, it just sticks in my brain. So I can pretty much repeat everything she says. <laughs> it's like all truth, right? It's true. Um, I wonder if you have a photographic. Sometimes Natalie's like, well, remember when you said this, 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 I'm like, I'm a blank. I'm like, I did. She's like, oh yeah. And she remembers what I say and when better than I do sometimes. That's crazy. I don't know how that happened, but it, it's pretty awesome. It's not with everybody, but when it's truth and it resonates and it's, it just stays in my soul and it comes back to my remembrance. Right. Um, but I was, I didn't think I could, you know, teach people and help people very much. Cause I still was on my journey and still am on my journey. Um, but I remember Nicolene saying, hey, the purpose of, of becoming a mentor is to continue learning and continue in the process. And as you continue and as you start to help people, they'll you'll help them with what you were struggling with before and you'll continue to progress. And so I thought I had to arrive and be perfect before I could be a mentor, but that's not the case at all. You just have to have done what, what other people are struggling with and and." That doesn't mean you know then no more than everybody around you. It just means that you have done things that that other people may struggle with, or maybe they don't have any practice with analysis, or they don't understand the role, and that's something that you can help them with. So it's mm-hmm. really fun to coach individuals and and help them str- go with, through things that you've struggled with previously. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that you shared that you had a few doubts about it because I think there's probably a lot of people who think when I get perfect at this, then I'll help <laughs> others. And you're like, that'll that that's just not the way. You you can help people as you go. Well, you, you don't actually have get to be better perfect. if you decide to become a mentor. You get better faster because you're teaching other people the principles, oh, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, I should be doing that. Yeah. Like, I, or you get stumped on something and you're like, Nicolene, I never even considered this or. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're asking a question and Nicolene's like, how, how have you been doing this for two years? And you've never asked that question. I'm so surprised <laughs> you never knew that. Well, and I think you've gotten more precise and better through the years too. Yeah, so I could say like, sure. as I got better, I'm like, oh, like corrections, I'm supposed to be doing role plays. What? <laughs> no we we definitely have improved on the teaching so we i I mean you just learn as you go you learn what people need the most what's going to help them the most you learn what to to not sweat because they'll get it over time you know all those things yeah Yeah, for sure and there's a fire hose at the beginning right and so you can't you can't get it all you can't get it all nah takes no you got Go back and slurp up the rest of it later. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about you having six kids. Now tell us how old they are currently. Okay. My oldest is almost 14. So he's 13. It goes boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. And it goes 13, 11, 9, 7, 4, and 2. (gasps) Your baby's already two? I know. Can you believe it? I mean, I guess mine's almost already two. So I guess that makes sense. But that blows me away because it just seems like yesterday. Anyway, flower, flala, flala. Oh, I love that. So cute. They they just keep us with the smiles when they're that age for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the family. How has TSG helped your family the most? Would you say? Oh, I remember I when I first learned about teaching self government in like 2011, I think, and I was. 
the mom that was like, I don't like, I don't like my boy won't listen to me. He won't do what I'm saying. So I guess I'm supposed to spank him. So I'd spank him. I did this a couple times. Right. And he mm-hmm. just laughed at me. Cause he's so strong. Oh, that's so he's infuriating. Like, mm-hmm. well, and, and it didn't hurt him really. He just was like, okay, well, whatever. And then he went off to do what he was doing. And I was like, I have no idea how to parent. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Nothing I'm doing is working. And I was like praying, you know, and I, and and lo and behold, you and I went to this Hekawa conference years ago and and I and I heard you and just listened and I was like, wow, like this is what I need. I need to govern myself and control my emotions. I I the first thing that really resonated was calmness and understanding how to have a calm down, a calm down, calm, a calm plan. And and then it just went on from there. Like I had a lot of paradigm shifts throughout my journey that as soon as you like some of them were really quick and I was like oh like I need that and I I need oh I want to be an advocate for my child that's what I need that's what I'm missing or um different things like that or and then um when I still remember when you taught the um expectation trap and I was like oh oh a picture versus of a possibility versus like the root of my security and my security is in me controlling people and making everything perfect and that's not how it's supposed to be and so a lot of things Mm -hmm. were like instant and then there was other things that have been a loaded front end of of a journey of trying to figure out how to put that into play and really truly seeking to understand my children and under and and loving them through the process and stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah you've really you've really transformed yourself I mean over the years your mindset has yeah. really, really shift, shifted. I mean, I, I would say that's a pretty good description of probably how you have changed. Yeah, I was definitely a blamer for sure. Like, mm. oh, it's everybody else's fault. And then, and I've done a lot of, a lot of, after learning how to analyze from you, then I've also been like, okay, I need to go even deeper and take, like I've taken mindset classes and stuff in, di- in addition to the teaching self-government. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. that's so cool. I love that. So now we know as mentors that we are teachers and we are guides and we we know that teaching people often teaches the teacher the most. So what is <laughs> one key thing that you've learned that has really helped you? Um I love I love redos because if you have gotten to the point that you made the mistake already and you're in the process of making the mistake and just that freedom to be like, I'm a jerk right now, or I'm not, I'm not being a good example. And I'm so sorry because mm-hmm. in the past I would just go through the whole process and then regret it. And like, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, go and apologize or whatever. But when you taught me that you could just, you could have a redo, I was like, I can stop mid sentence and be like, whoa, 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 Natalie, stop it. That's not okay. <laughs> and just be like, can I have a redo? And my kids all just like, really? Oh, we can have redos. Like it was just, it was. Yeah. The freedom. Cause, cause doing a redo is a deliberate thing, right? So it's like you said, you, you stop mid sentence going, I'm doing this wrong. This is not how I want to do this. This is some old habit. This is emotion. This is whatever. Let's pull it together. And do it the way we want to. Because essentially when you're redoing, you're self-correcting. That's what you're doing. And so um, I love that. So actually you try, you find a lot of liberation in self-corrections and doing them right in the instant. 
stint. So that's awesome. Yeah. Self-government. <laughs> yes. Self-government success. Okay. So we want to hear stories from your family. We want to hear what it's all like at the Flukiger household. Well, I mean, maybe not all of it. We, we can't be here all day, but <laughs> just a little, little taste. Yeah. But we would love a taste of what you know, what's an experience from your life or maybe, you know, one or two or something that you think illustrates what teaching self-government does for families? I don't, there's so much. I just don't even know. Like, I think uh, it gives you vision and it gives you trust in, and confidence, I guess, because I can remember the first couple of years when I was trying to implement, I was, I would be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And that's what I was telling myself in my mind. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I would listen. I I've been on podcasts for like 10 years. Right. And I would Mm -hmm. listen and listen and listen to you. And I remember the day, like, I don't remember what it is. I can still remember the moment that I thought I was thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden I said, yes, I do. I do know what to do. I'm just not doing it. (laughs) And so (laughs) I I all of a sudden had this confidence that I do know what to do. It's just hard. Mm. And so then I was like, it was this freedom. It gave me truly freedom. And I was liberated from the bonds of feeling inadequate and not knowing what to do to feeling like I had confidence and I did know what to do. And I just needed to tell myself to do hard things and, you know, say, do redos in the middle if I mess up. Mm. That's powerful because really what you're saying there with that story is that you, you ended up like you came from a place you didn't know what to do. You didn't know what you didn't know. And you just knew you didn't feel confident. And suddenly you learned skills you learn to think of a situation differently. You learn to see new things in it and more deliberately connect and have these interactions. And suddenly your confidence changed. And even if you weren't perfect in a minute, you still knew that you knew where to find the answers, that you knew what to do because you'd done the learning. And just that right there then creates this effect in your life where you go, wait, once I know, I know. And I've told myself, I do know this. I know what to what to look for that at that point, then from there on out, you can say, no, let me go back to what I know. Let me go back to what I know. And, and it created a confidence for you. I think a lot of parents want confidence. I think it's powerful. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So now that we've learned a little bit about you, we want to hear what you have to say, because your perspective has always kind of impressed me. I'm like, wow, I never would have thought of any of that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and I know you planned a little something to share with us, you know, take your time. We want to learn from you. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have you here. Anyway, so take it away, my friend. Thank you. I love you, Paige. Um, So I remember when we were going to go to Colville um, for a little, I think it was like a retreat. I can't remember if this was the time we worked on redoing the implementation course. It was. it was, that was a million years month. ago. Yeah. <laughs> like 2014. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we went there and we, you, after we did some work on that, we were recording some videos, I think for the win or whatever. Um, 
because you had been an agreement with them and needed some mm-hmm. videos. So we did a bunch of video shots. Yeah. And in one of the videos, me and you were talking together. And I don't even remember what we talked about or anything, but I remember that you said, yeah, you have to, you really have to advocate for your child. And it was like one of those instant paradigm shifts for me, right? I was like, what did she just say? And like, it rewinds in your head and it goes like, you have to advocate for your child. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, like my child. And you've talked a lot about how your child how they are at one point doesn't like how you see them. You should see them have as how they can become right. Not mm-hmm. as who they are and what bad behavior they're doing at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I've had the opportunity to look at it through a different lens through the, how can I advocate for my child? And that changed. It really was a piece of changing my heart, right? I can't say my heart's completely changed all the time, but I can say like that definitely changed my heart for sure. And made me start to look at things through a different lens and a different light. So as we look through things through the advocacy lens, then we appreciate our children. We seek to understand them. We truly, we just love them. You know, we don't, we are, instead of looking for the problems, we're realizing, oh, I didn't teach this. And Mm. We could do corrective teachings, but it would be more, it would be better if we started with um, pre-teaching and praising because those are more effective teaching styles, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we focus on those things, we're truly being the advocate. We're helping things go right first instead of uh, them going wrong and then being like reactively like, ah, okay, well, now we got to use our skills of correcting Mm-hmm. But, but when we start with helping things go right and helping them see the vision and helping them see and understand who they truly are and that they are good. And they came, I remember the story, like they come as a baby that you don't ever see someone saying like, you are a bad baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, people are not bad. They don't come out. They don't come bad, but people come good. And sometimes we get a, a lens like, like the, the foster child that you had that would come home from school and you're like, Oh, I got to pray 15 minutes before she comes home. Cause I don't love her. And it just took you a long time, but you were able to change that and see her through a different light and, and love her, even though it was hard. It was very mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. And so when we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So this whole concept of being an advocate, this actually hit me because I thought, when you are, this hit me early on and it made a difference for me with my foster children. Because one day I went to myself, I I said to myself, okay, I have to correct all of these things because they need correction. I have to teach all these things because they need teaching, but I can either do it with this mindset of I am their disciplinarian. I have to make them walk the line that I want them to walk, or I can do it in what I considered a more Christ-like way as a person who's a Christian person, that it doesn't, he advocate for us, even when we stumble, right? Doesn't he, doesn't he say, okay, well, something happened. I'm here for you. And so even in the moments when I was correcting, I could say, I'm here for you. And then all the more reason then in my heart, I decided I've got to praise more, pre-teach more, all those things, because because I'm here for you, because I want you to succeed. I don't want to just sabotage you or wait till you fail and then make it hurt. That's not advocacy. That's not love. 
Because really that advocacy that you're talking about, that's you loving and valuing that person and their journey that they're on, even if they make a mistake. Yeah. And, and there were a couple of different times where I realized that I wasn't being an advocate for my child, right? Like I was being resentful to them for whatever reason, or I just wasn't like, I didn't like that child at that moment in that time. And, and I, once I recognized it, it was not immediately easy to fix, but I knew what the problem was and I knew I wasn't being the advocate and I knew I had to change my heart and start loving them and, and stop feeling whatever feelings and figure out why I was feeling that and just, and just change that. So. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I mean, you're definitely like throwing yourself out there under a bus because like people would be like, oh my goodness, like how this lady, she sounds so nice. She is so nice. She would give you the shirt off her back. Like she's that type (laughs) of lady. And so it's not like you're, you're trying to be mean to your children, but you're being very vulnerable here saying, I really wasn't thinking the best of them all the time. And I think one of the reasons too, that you got into that trap, if I can just, cause I've known you for a while, um, that I could say is because you also like to check off the list, like check, <laughs> check, 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 right. I mean, that's your personality. Yep. Check, yep. check, check, check. And so sometimes when you're a task oriented person and you like to get your tasks done and you like to have things not take too much time and be efficient in different things and stuff like that, then what happens is you can start to disconnect a little bit. So this advocacy concept to you, it sounds like reminded you who you were and of your role. It sounds like it reminded you that you needed to think of yourself as a connector first, and then as the person who was doing the teaching. I just think that's really profound. Yeah. I I felt like I needed to find some kind of, I think when you're task oriented, you are looking for um, your worth Mm. and, and you're like, if I check off this box, I mean more or I have successfully done something so I can feel good about myself. I still remember when you said, you know, you had the baby and your friend was like, ah, you're looking at all the wrong things, Nicolene. You, you should have on your list, hold the baby, hold the baby, feed the baby, feed the baby, change the baby. And if you get to laundry or food, like, like that's great. <laughs> you know, those are secondary. And I was like, right, right. It was, right, mind, because- it was a total mind shift for me then. Yeah. Right. So as we, as we realize that we don't have to get our worth from external things and that we already have worth because we have an advocate and then we can then become the advocate for our children. Mm, I love that. So really you're, you are giving, I mean, you said, okay, I'm going to talk about roles. You're saying that a big part of our, our role then is advocate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think we have lots of different roles, but that that's the one I wanted to focus on today. And, and as we, um, as we really understand that it changes our hearts. And that's the thing that sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget it's that as Nicolene said at the beginning of the podcast, like it, there's that monkey voice and there's that, um, you know, the, the, the mind and the, the chattering and the body voice, and you you could listen to your chemicals or, or whatever, or Mm -hmm. you can listen to that heart 
And when you have that heart and you're listening to it, then you're centered. And so we want to be centered. And in order to be centered, we have to truly see ourselves as an advocate. I remember I was just talking to a lady like two weeks ago and she was like, I can't advocate for my child. And I was like, haha, like it was just like, that's when I was like, that's what my topic's wow. going to be on. Like we can, we can. But she felt she was, she was in a victim place because she had, her husband had been kind of abusive emotionally and stuff like that. And so she just felt like if I, like it takes so much effort to advocate for her child against like the school system to make sure he gets what he needs and stuff like that. And she just, she's like, but I did it once. And I was like, yes, you did it. See, you can be an advocate. So mm. even though sometimes it's hard to be an advocate as we believe and we change our mindset and say, I can be an advocate and try to understand what that would look like and what that would mean, then we can truly do that. But, yeah. we, but we have to overcome that first obstacle of, of not believing we can be that advocate for a child or maybe not wanting to because we're being selfish, right? Yeah, well, but I think you're hitting on something else too. And people do not know their own power. You know, because a, a mom who would be saying that would be saying, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I, I can accomplish anything. And so then we, we either maybe because of laziness or selfishness, but maybe just because of sheer overwhelm, or maybe we haven't had enough experiences where we've known what to do. So, so I think that's the other thing. It's really hard to advocate for a child when you don't know where you're pointing them. You don't know what to give them to do. And so you know, first you have to think I can figure this out. I can be the voice for my child, but then comes the work of now, what do I do now? What do I do to help them? Right? So that's a whole other part. And I think that's where teaching self-government comes in to really help you advocate so that you don't have to go to battle for your children. You don't have to attack each other and have power struggles. Instead, you can now just advocate for them to learn the skills, to, to, to sort it out, to problem solve and to help them change their hearts for the future. And you really can do it because you have the skills. I think another important thing is not only I can be an advocate, but then once you realize you can deciding that you will, because that's the whole definition of self-government, right? Being able to determine things, you know, the cause and effect of things, and then possessing a knowledge of your behaviors and choosing to do something about it. So you can Mm -hmm. say, I can do it. Okay. Now I will do it. Even if I don't quite know how yet, I'm still going to do my very best to advocate for my child. That's that heart voice. Yeah. That's that heart voice speaking out that will inside of the person. Yeah. And it kind of gets into, I mean, what you're saying reminds me, you know, about analyzing, which I know Natalie wants to talk to us about too. Yeah. So that's funny because it all starts with the five cues of self-government, right? And so Nicolene talks about this. And if you listen to the audio about Benjamin Franklin and the five keys of self-government, which is in her implementation course or whatever, um, this one, the first thing she started out with just the four keys, and then she realized she needed that role, which we've already talked about understanding our role and, and one piece of it being an advocate. And then the next part is the analyzing, make a plan, communicate effectively and act deliberately, which we kind of just talked about. So um, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into analysis because there's a couple of things that happen as you start to anal- uh, analyze. So I have two, uh, I, I have two different stories about anal- analyzing. I can't seem to say the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have one friend I was, I was teaching a class to, and um, 
she, I would, as I would ask her questions, it was, it became really apparent that, that she was where I was a couple of years ago and like, didn't really think about things ahead of time. You didn't know why things were happening. Didn't take the time to, to do that because she hadn't been trained to think like a lot of times we're not trying, trained to think. And so that was one of the gifts that Nicolin gave me was to, to really be learn to think. And I remember like listening to so many different conference calls, I started to see like patterns and I hadn't looked for patterns before anything, but I also still didn't understand principles. And as I started to understand principles, then that helped me to better understand what I should do. Um, So as I was teaching her, like you go through the process and you say, okay, um, she didn't want her child to do some behavior like one of one of the examples was a a daughter didn't want to go to school and didn't want to brush her teeth and and get dressed and stuff and so I started asking her questions about it and just like okay so and this happens all the time and why does it happen and as we like went through the process she sometimes didn't know the answer right Mm. and and that's pretty normal if you're not used to analyzing you're like well I don't know why that happens and so then I would make suggestions and and she would say, oh, no, that's not it. Oh, yeah, that is it. Like, that's why it's happening. And so as soon as you can come to a realization of why you think something is happening, then you can make a plan, act uh, deliberately and communicate effectively, right? You can't do the whole rest of the process of self-government unless you're analyzing. However, mm-hmm. so she she learned and she analyzed something else and realized her daughter needed some other help and and has since then got some amazing help for her daughter. So I was like, yay, success story. Um, and then I have a, a different friend who was, we were talking to on, on a call and um, it was me, it was me and another lady were talking to her and she just was having a moment of depression. She came mm. from a, a dark past and had some trauma or whatever. So, so she was really struggling that day and she was very, very negative. Like, I can't go forward. I can't do this. I don't know. Like she was in the pit of despair. Right. And she's like, I need to fix this. And she had been analyzing. Right. And she was, but she was stuck in this downward loop of analysis. And I all of mm-hmm. a sudden remembered when I had had experiences like that, where I was, I, I've never had a severe depression like her, but I have had negative thoughts. And I remember one time talking uh, on a call and I was asking you a question and you're like, that's darkness. You're in the darkness and you're ruminating it. Why? And it had never occurred to me that like, I could be freed from that darkness. I could leave that darkness. I thought mm-hmm. I had to figure out the problem. I had to know what the problem was and I had to fix it because I was stuck in the analysis. So we don't want to get stuck in the analysis. The goal is to get out of it. And I said that to her. I said, no, you don't need to fix that. You need to realize that you're stuck trying to fix it and that you feel like you have to figure that out. And that's what's making you depressed. And she was like, whoa, like, what did you just say? Like, and she was like, you're right. You're so right. Like I am stuck in this and it's making me depressed and I'm just spiraling downward. And when she realized that she was able to be freed and it was beautiful. Mm. She thanked me afterwards. She was like, thank you so much. You don't know how much that of a difference that made. And I was like, it's so true because I remember being stuck there. I remember being stuck in that darkness and that you can get out. So yeah. 
Yeah. So that's what, but I mean, that's what I really wanted to share with you is that don't get stuck in the analysis, but do do the analysis and really comb through things and understand why. But if you're in a negative mindset, you can't do the process. So you need to first get out of that mindset of negativity and darkness in order to better understand that process. And then once you have come up with things that you can talk to you, whether you have a spouse or, or a friend or whatever, or a mom or, and, and then you go through that and you say, okay, now what's, what's my plan? What plan do I want to make for that? Okay. We can try this out and your plan doesn't always work and that's okay. You can accept no answers. Right. And then, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Of course. And then, and then you just communicate it and act, act deliberately. So, so that's some, uh, just a piece of things I've seen help a lot of people just throughout the years is, is really understanding yourself, understanding your children, seeking to understand them, really understand why things are happening. And, and I think Nicolene, whenever anyone asks a question, she always is like, first, why are they asking this question? What do they not know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then the different reasons why the child could be doing something or why the other person could be doing something. So and then what do we do about it? Yeah. Yeah. And then what would you do about, it? and then make a plan and, and, and act deliberately so we can, we got to do all that process before that's the unseen, you know, mm-hmm. there's that amazing article, what is seen and what is unseen or whatever, but it's yeah, all what that is seen and what is not process. seen. I love what is that. seen and what is not seen. Bastia. Yeah. Bastia. Yeah. Bastia, mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. That's I, I think I don't speak French, but I'm pretty sure it's Frederick Bastier, but, yeah, but it right. looks like Bastiet, but yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, no surprise here, Natalie, that you gave us some incredible things to chew on and tons of depth. No surprise because it's (laughs) Natalie and she loves to just geek out on stuff like that. But it sounds like you've had some pretty (laughs) profound experiences and, and I love your take here on analysis because you're saying it's vital. It's so important. We have to analyze or we can't self-govern and we have to make a habit of analyzing, but it also could lead to this rumination that some people call analysis paralysis. Like I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm so stuck. Right. And that there's a point where you have to say, you have to analyze the fact that you're overanalyzing and you've got to set yourself free so that you can just start seeing the real things that you can do something with. So we all need to know the why, but sometimes we get so worried about the why that we can't move into the how. We've got to have both. We have to help our children see the why and the how. And for ourselves, we got to make sure that we keep ourselves moving from why to how as well. I just think that's so powerful because really, um, you know, analysis is a principle being able to analyze, but when you get to a point of being stuck, you now are actually oftentimes looking for a feeling of closure instead of an actual solution. And that's, and so even if someone presents you a solution, sometimes you won't see it. And so really, because you're looking for a feeling to hit you before you can be done, you get yourself stuck. And so what you gave that woman was a vital piece. You jolted her so that she could say, wait a second, I can just not think that anymore. I can just not solve the problem. I never, I never even put that on the radar. Because I thought I had to have a certain feeling that would come with solving the problem. But if I don't have to solve the problem, I don't need that feeling anymore. I can be a person again. How liberating. And it seems so simple, but for her, it was incredibly profound. 
incredibly profound to learn that that's we get stuck because we don't look at what else what else is true what else do we need to know what other abilities do we have we don't ask enough questions instead we just start looking for feelings and and that's what makes it hard on us i love and i feel like everything that we've talked about is just like freedom here's how you can be free and liberated yeah totally free Okay. So do you have any other tips that, I mean, just random, they don't have to relate to what we're talking about today, but anything else or like a a tip that you have for people wanting to improve their self-government skills and their family culture? Um, I would, I would say excuses. (laughs) Make them or don't. I mean, let's be clear. (laughs) (laughs) I think that a lot of times we can be like, well, I can't do this because of this. And I can't do this because of this. And I won't do this and this. And this is the problem. And this is the problem. And he's the problem. She's the problem. This is the problem. But when we look at ourselves, the purpose of the analysis is to self-analysis, right? It's self-analyze. You need to understand yourself. As you understand yourself and you're working on conquering yourself, then you can help others. If you take this knowledge that you've been given and be like, hey, I'm going to analyze why there's problems with them and there's problems with him and her, then it doesn't really help you because you become the blamer and you can take, you can say anything under the sun is someone else's problem. Mm. But in reality, the only person that you can change is yourself. And it's like Gandhi said, right? Like be the change in the world. So as we realize that we are the change, the whole purpose of self-government is to govern ourself. It, Mm -hmm helps us be less uncomfortable about the other things around us because as we govern ourselves, we're able to be like the duck with the water off its back. Like it doesn't bug us anymore. Just like, like Nicolene said, Oh, I don't have any buttons. (laughs) His son said that in the, in the beginning of the, what is that called? Uh, The BBC show. Yeah. The world's parents. It was my, it was my like the, I know they're just trying to push my mom's buttons, but what they don't realize is she doesn't have any. And I just laughed when I saw that. I was like, he's like, I know because I've tried. And I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, I have. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Anyway, but this is a good, this is good information because if you're just analyzing everybody else, but you're not analyzing yourself, then you're not self-governing at that point you turn to judging, but then those people become you're blaming so they become your excuse well because of them this because of them that and so let's not go looking for excuses let's go looking for what do i need to change about me i love that i love that because that really is at the heart of what it means to self-govern oh for sure it's easy to get stuck in and i feel like i don't know in the beginning i i was stuck there i wish i had no buttons i'm working on that one day I'm going to tell you, Nicolene, I have no buttons. <laughs> I'm like, <"What?" laughs> but don't, but don't get stuck there. And and you can tell by your tone, and you can tell because things don't work, and you're frustrated. Mm. So if you're frustrated and things aren't working, then you need to start writing, and be like, okay, why is this happening? And then you need to look at what you just wrote, and analyze whether that's the truth or whether it's an, a lie. And then cross out the lies and write a couple of truths for all those lies that you come up with. Yeah, because because it's only like one little perspective every time. And when we struggle, it's because we get stuck in the one perspective and we can't see past it. So we're not asking ourselves the right questions or thinking the right thoughts, right? 
Yep. So what is what is the one TSG training uh, or resource that has made the biggest difference for you and your family? So like, what is your TSG gold? Gold? Okay. Um, gold is the parent mastery for sure. <laughs> you go and you get to practice the skills and you get to memorize them. You know, sometimes when we're trying to learn self-government, we're not self-government enough to do it on our own. <laughs> Ironic, right? So if yeah, you yeah. go to the parent mastery, then you take the time automatically. You spend three days with Nicolene and it's, it's gold. And and every time I go to a parent mastery again, because, you know, the first time I was like, this is amazing. The second time was even better. And the third time they just get better and better, right? <laughs> because you just, you, you, you like, oh, what have I been missing? Oh, I've been missing that. Like there may be just one thing, but it's the one thing that you really need, you know? Mm. Um, but uh, if you can't, if you don't want to choose to make the money for that, or you, you know, you don't think that's the right time for you then definitely her courses so um it's changed names over the year i'm not sure what it's called now it's the implementation course but what do you it's call the it it's the tsg parenting course we just call it the parenting. tsg parenting course the t- yeah the tsg parenting course i was looking up ahead of time I'm like this is the thing we need but what is it called again <laughs> implementation course and then we changed it to this and now it's the deep dive and then and then there's um she's made it uh very streamlined with little chunks which is mm-hmm. really nice because you can get the little chunks. And the best part about that um, TSG parenting course is that you get four weeks with mentors that you can get on for an hour or so and, and get your question answered. And you, and that's really mm-hmm. vital. Um, yeah. I, I think the continuing, the, t- the touch points you talked about, like continually touching back with, with teaching self-government. If I, I wouldn't have kept going unless I had been on the conference calls for years and just doing it every week. So even if you're done with the courses and you've been to the parent mastery, then, then either forming your own little, you could do a TSG circle group. I think that's like 30 bucks and you read articles for like two years with mm-hmm. a group and or you piece can piece by it. piece yeah yeah piece by piece and, and just read chapters of the books together um you need a community so if you're not if you don't want to do like the conference calls the weekly conference calls then another way is to just get your friends doing it with you and just be like hey do you want to read part of t- this parenting house united book or let's read roles together and let's talk about each chapter because you really need something that you need a community and you need it to be weekly so whatever you're doing, you need to make sure you're following through weekly in order to continue. That is the, the point. Yeah, that's the point of the support group that we have, the support group and the support calls. And I know Natalie's been on them for, well, a long time for, <laughs> I don't even know, uh, 12 years. I don't even know how long you've been on these calls, but but she's been on them for a really, really long time. And like you said, you sometimes just find that bit like, oh, I can fine tune that or, oh, that's how you handle that. And so those touch points, really, really nice, important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everybody can create the community. It would be awesome if you can, um, but, but do your best to try to spread the word. And I think that's one thing that, that mentors really realize like, like you do, Natalie, is that when you know other people that are doing it and you hear that stuff, boy, that makes a big difference for your life. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Natalie, it's been wonderful to have you on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. We are so excited to be able to share this with the world and for everyone to get to know you and to know your wealth of, of wisdom that you shared with us today. You definitely brought a lot to the table. We really appreciate that insight. I think people are going to be thinking about advocacy and they're going to be thinking about analyzing two A's, okay? The, the two A's that you brought with us today. The double A anyway. batteries of TSG. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> double A batteries. I love it. Anyway, thank you for joining us. And thank you, everybody else, for joining us here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. As usual, if you'd like to find out anything else about this, if you want to connect with Natalie, be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.